Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. One of the things I've been receiving a lot lately has been uh, requests on different drills that kids can do at home um, during this time, especially by themselves. So what I decided to do is I made 13 different hitting drills that you can do by yourself, and I uh, put them on my website. So if you go to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash 161podcast, you'll be able to to sign up and then you'll get an email saying uh, how exactly to receive the drills. So patrickjonesbaseball.com slash 161 podcast. All the drills are free. I think what I'm going to do is continually update the website and the drills. want everyone to be able to still continually develop and get better um, over the course of this uh, downtime, I'll call it. Um, On this episode, we have Nate Metzger. Nate is the associate head coach and recruiting coordinator at Wright State University. One of the things that we do talk about in here is during this time when there is no baseball, there's so many players out there who want to get recruited. So if you're interested in, you know, how do you still get your name out there, even during this time when you can't play at all, this is going to be a great episode for you. Um, We also talk a little bit about recruiting videos, what he looks for in recruits, and it's just, it's a great episode. Wright State has become one of the best kept secrets, I think, in the country when it comes to baseball. They've sent over 20 players to sign professional contracts since 2015, top 25 in the nation in 2017, and they had a top 10 offense in the nation in 2019. So um, they are very, very good. I remember playing against them in college when I was at Xavier, and they've they've oh, they've been very good for several, several years now. So this is going to be a great episode for those out there who are interested in playing at that college level and just kind of you're going to get some background on what you should be doing even right now to give yourself the best chance of playing college baseball in the next few years so without further ado here is Nate Metzger all right we now welcome on Nate Metzger who is the associate head coach and recruiting coordinator at Wright State University Nate thanks for coming on today man Hey, I appreciate you having me. Well, awesome. If you could give uh, all the listeners, you know, a little bit of, of your background, and I know you're at Wright State now, but you've had a, a pretty unique and, and inspiring journey to get to where you're at. So if you could just share with everyone a little bit on just how you kind of got to be where you're at. No, yeah, just, uh, well, and, and I'll start by saying I try to do everything I can to avoid a real job, as most of us in baseball can appreciate, and, and the fact that we kind of consider this more so play than, than work, but, you know, that's kind of where, you know, right out of college was at the high school level for several years and then opened an indoor facility in Bloomington, normal Illinois, you know, ran an indoor there and, and did a lot of lessons and enjoyed that, that aspect of the, the teaching and, and kind of getting to get in there with the players and, and really, you know, not just, not just help them, but learn, you know, learn so much about, you know, the game and the intricacies that way was always kind of a information rat, ABCA and kind of before podcasts. And, you know, it was, was VHS videotapes and trying to attend as many clinics as possible early on and, and just really, you know, learn as much about the game as possible. Just couldn't get enough. And then from the indoor business had a unique opportunity. Uh, I became the athletic director and head baseball coach at Heartland Community College in Bloomington Normal, uh, Illinois as well. The guy that hired me there at Heartland, John Astroff, uh, had played pro ball formerly. You know, you don't find too many 
you know, college presidents that, you know, have uh, professional baseball backgrounds, but that's exactly what John's, you know, background was or what the case was with him. So went to work for John, the school had never had athletics of any type, never had a baseball program. And so, you know, just a really unique opportunity to, you know, kind of get in on the, on the ground level with that. And, you know, I always joke, it was one of those where you come in and, and you pull out the contract for officials to, to work off of, right? Well, not only was there no, there was no contract for a fit, there was no filing cabinets, right? So it was, it was truly building that, that whole thing, you know, from the ground up and just a, a tremendous experience, kind of a, an experience that I would, I'll never forget and always be grateful for, but then left uh, Heartland after 10 years, I, I guess spent 10 years at the, at the JUCO level at Heartland Community College and, you know, had a lot of success there. You know, the players uh, that we that we moved on, I think it was like 90, you know, moved 90 players over nine years. I guess the first year was all planning, but we had nine seasons. And so in those nine seasons, we had like over 90 guys or right around, right up, right about 90 guys that, that we moved on to, to division one baseball. And I think like 25 of those guys that played professionally from those teams at Heartland. So then moved to Wright state four years ago. So this is my fourth year at Wright state and have uh, really enjoyed the opportunity. You know, Jeff Mercer, who is now at Indiana brought Alex Sogard and I in together here at Wright state. And, and he and I've, you know, stayed together, you know, the last couple of years as, as Mercer moved on to Indiana, Alex and I have kind of you know, taken things and, and ran with them here, you know, at Wright state. So that's a little bad, maybe, maybe long winded, but that's kind of the, the background there. Um, when you were at Heartland Community College, you said you were the head baseball coach and the athletic director. Like, I mean, were you just working like 18 hour days? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, John had it right. You know, the first year was all planning. So, you know, we were able to kind of get things off the ground and, and really put things in place and have things set up prior to, you know, taking on the seasons. Now, in fairness, we only had four sports. So men's and women's soccer, baseball, and softball. So from an athletic director standpoint, it was a little more manageable than it wasn't quite, you know, the number of, of programs that maybe most schools at the division one level have with 10 to 20 different programs that an athletic director has to oversee. So it was manageable that way, but it was just a, it was a huge undertaking, but again, under a guy like John Astroff, just such a fun experience too. Since you were at the at the JUCO level for several years, kind of like you just explained, what stands out to you that you learned as a coach throughout those all those years at the junior college level? It's a great question. I think just the innocence of it a little bit, and kind of what I mean by that is just it was very pure. The guys that you know, a lot of times the JUCO kid, uh, the JUCO athlete, has a little bit more of an edge. You know, maybe they were overlooked. You know, maybe there were guys that were passed up, you know, didn't get division one opportunities. So those guys had a little bit of a chip, you know, on their shoulder. And I think that part of it, you know, was a lot of fun kind of in creating those opportunities. Right. And, you know, moving those guys on. I always said, like, if if I coached high school girls basketball and I had no girls on my high school team that had any aspirations of playing at the college level, I don't know how motivated I would have been to, as a coach to really to coach them. And so that's kind of how it was at Heartland. It was like, that was the main, the main focus, the main goal. Yes. Winning games and 
you know, yes, having success, you know, at that level, but, but moving guys on and really pushing, not just moving them on from a baseball standpoint, but Hey, you need to get your degree. You need to finish school, giving guys or providing, helping provide those type of opportunities was really the main, at least my main motivation. And, and similarly, you know, like at Wright state now, you know, not every, we know the odds, we know the numbers that guys that, that have a chance to play professionally, but, you know, it's definitely pushing guys for what's next, pushing guys to that next step or that next level kind of always is such a, a great motivator, at least from, from my standpoint, from a, from a coaching, as far as coaching goes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any more motivation as a, a player, person, coach, than, than just seeing yourself get better over time. Like that, just for myself, when I, I feel like I'm getting better as a coach, like it is just so motivating. And I'm sure players, same thing. When you were at Heartland uh, Community College, do you feel like that's where you like honed your skills as a recruiting kind of co- coordinator? I know you're the recruiting coordinator at Wright State, but do you feel like you're who you are now as a recruiting coordinator because of being at Heartland for all those years, getting kind of what you're talking about, getting those players in the door? No, for sure. I, I definitely think we talked a little bit off right before you know, we went on the podcast. We talked a little bit about it's so much starts with talent, right? It starts with guys that have tools, guys on the mound that, that have arm talent. And really, as much as we're going to try to coach you know, these guys up, you, you have to start with, you want to start with good clay versus bad clay, right? And and so the recruiting aspect is such a crucial piece. And I, I know the development guy is probably going to argue that the development side is more important than the recruiting side. Of course, the recruiting guy is going to say that that the recruiting side is more important. But and obviously, they have to work together, right? Those two things have to fall in line and they have to work together. But I just feel like you have to start with something of quality to get that much more quality out of it. And so going back to the days, you know, at Heartland, really, I think from a recruiting standpoint, if you, if you ask a hundred college coaches, you know, Hey, you have the option to stay at practice today or go on the road and recruit. I think 99 guys out of a hundred would tell you that they'd prefer to stay at practice. I would probably be the one guy out of a hundred that would say, and, and again, not because I don't enjoy the players and the relationships with the players and the development side of things with the players, but I would probably be the guy that would say, I want to go on the road because I just have always enjoyed kind of the, you know, it's like a treasure hunt, right? You, you're going to see plenty of bad. You're going to see plenty of guys that, you know, are not right for you or for your, for your program. You know, you're going to see plenty of guys that, you know, just can't play at the level that you're at, but you're also, you're always that search. You're always on that hunt. And, and that to me, it's kind of the the mystery, the intrigue of doing that is what I enjoy so much about it. How do you, you just said you go to so many different games, right? You're always on the road working, but like, there's so many players out there and there's, there's so many good players. Like, how are you able to kind of like filter through it and find who is going to fit you your program. Well, I think that starts with connections and and that quite honestly, that was probably the toughest aspect of, and I, and again, we had talked off podcast. I spent my whole life, my whole career, my whole life in Illinois. And I know Illinois very, very well. I know that state kind of like the back of my hand. 
you know, moving to Ohio, I, I joked with people when I first got here, I might as well have moved to, you know, I felt like I moved to Russia. You know, I, it was like a totally different because more so because of the connections, right? The, all the guys I knew if I called this guy in Illinois and said, Hey, what do you got? And he told me he had two players. I knew that those two players were going to be guys that, you know, now I was going to go see them. I was going to go lay my own eyes on them, but I had a pretty good idea of who that guy was that was telling me what he was about those players. Whereas getting to Ohio, it's like, man, I've got to reestablish. I've got to, I've got to make all these connections, which guy, you know, who are the guys that you can trust? And then who are the guys that when they tell you something, you, you have a pretty good idea that maybe it's going to be exaggerated. Maybe they're, they're always going to tell you, you know, what you want to hear versus what the player really is. And so it's so much about the connections that you have. And you talk about filtering and, and kind of sorting everything out. The social media has definitely helped the internet. We have, I won't mention my name, some of the you know recruiting services, so to speak, that, that we all use and utilize, but you know, that definitely helps, but I definitely, I, I still think it goes back to the people, right. And, and making those connections, making those, building those relationships with the people so that, you know, when you do have a need or you do have a question and you need information that you're going to get quality information, or, you know, you're going to know, you know, how to kind of sort that out because you know, the people. And so I, I think, that's really the key is to decipher every, you know, all the, all the information, like you said, you know, all the different summer teams that, well, which summer team is, you know, which summer teams do I need to see and which teams probably aren't going to have any guys for me. But, but that's again, another piece of the dynamic. This summer team has been pretty average for the last two summers. And all of a sudden this summer, they've got two or three guys that, that are really, that, that have popped up and that we really need to see. So it's just a constant, uh, you know, I think kind of checking with the people that you know that are in the know and kind of cross-checking and continuing to make those, you know, have those connections, stay in touch with those people. Do you prefer to start local and then work your way out, or does it matter at all where these kids are at? I definitely think there's some value to bringing, you know, a local kid. Typically, a local kid's going to have better support from family, friends, you know, people that may, you know, come out to games and just have a little better support. You know, we're, we're going to go wherever we got to go, but I, I definitely think in terms of you'd always rather have a local guy. You'd always rather have an in-state guy just in terms of cost. You, you start getting into in-state versus out-of-state tuition and, and some of those things. And so you, you always would rather have an in-state guy and, and even a local guy but then, you know, you have to have those connections, you know, elsewhere and, you know, not be afraid to branch out. You know, I think at Wright State, it's going to be maybe a little bit tougher for us, you know, with an out-of-state guy. I talked to, you know, some kids in the past that when you speak about Wright State to an Ohio kid, to an Ohio high school kid, they have a pretty good idea of some of the success that the program has had. When you talk to a kid from four or five states away, they may or may not you know, have much of an idea what type of, of success or what type of program, you know, that we've built. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. And, and I played at Xavier and I know exactly what you're talking about because, I mean, just my, when I think of Wright State, I think of like powerhouse, honestly, around here. Like you guys have been at the top of the food chain for years now. 
right now as a recruiting coordinator, like obviously you can't go and see baseball right now. So, but are you still right. like looking at recruiting videos or like those websites you were talking about or like what, like should kids be sending you stuff now or like what should, if I'm a recruit, what should I be doing right now? Well, the whole recruiting game has gotten so crazy in terms of being as far ahead as it is. The senior class are the 2020s. The 21s are the current juniors. The 22s, you know, sophomores, and and obviously 23s being freshmen. You know, we're really, you know, we have three 2022s, which are the sophomore class. We've got three of those guys committed. We've got like five offers to other 22s on the table. We're, for the most part, I mean, we've been done with the 2020 class, which are the seniors, for quite a while. We're really pretty much, we've got an offer out to a, a kid in the 21 class, but for the most part, that class is pretty much wrapped up. And, and I say that, I say wrapped up, but you're never, you know, you're always going to have, you know, changes within your roster or within your program. And you never know when a, when a need, you know, may occur, the draft, you know, which is a, a huge uncertainty you know, right now for everybody that's going to come into play. You know, do we, do we lose a, a guy or two to the draft that we weren't expecting or, or does the draft, you know, does the draft not occur? And you know, all of a sudden we've got all these guys back that maybe we thought were going to be gone. But I think in terms of what you, your original question, I'm always doing something, you know, the, a lot of the recruiting pieces just kind of trying to build relationships and, you know, really get to know guys, you know, are they a good fit? You're going to find out from, from talking to kids on the phone, feel like they're a good fit or not, but you're also, you know, you're trying to build those relationships and just stay in touch with those guys, kind of reassure them, Hey, even if it's not this spring, there's going to be baseball, you know, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be fine, you know, trying to, trying to reassure your recruits, but also, you know, your, your own players a little bit with, with the craziness that, that we're all dealing with right now. But, I think there's always something to do, you know, in recruiting. There's always, like you said, video, you can always check things out. I'm constantly, you know, bombarded with emails, always getting emails every day and, you know, trying to stay on top of those. Even, even for me, the kid that, you know, reaches out and even if we're not sure, you know, how, how this all is going to play out. And, and, you know, I feel like just responding and, and giving that guy a little bit of peace of mind in that is something that I can do, you know, Hey, listen, things are on hold right now. Not sure how things are going to shake out, but definitely stay in touch with me. And, you know, I'll keep you posted on how, what, what's going to, where things are. So yeah, that's, I don't know if that, that's great to hear. That's, that's awesome. That just shows how much you just, you care about the the players and, and not leading them down the wrong path, which is awesome to hear. Do you think kids right now, let's say like if I'm a junior right now and obviously the season's canceled, should I be emailing college coaches or should I just hold off because nobody knows what's going to go, what's going to happen? I think it's definitely a good time to, to try to connect. You know, with most of us, we have very few excuses. You know, we have very little. And I, I try to, you know, again, I just kind of build that into my approach or my my philosophy, kind of the, the standard that I hold myself to, if a kid is going to reach out to me, I'm always going to be responsive. Like, I don't care if it's the busiest time of the year or the, you know, like now the, the least busy or the least, you know, we have the least excuses to, to respond to a guy. But I, I just think proactive in general, if I, you know, my daughter is actually a current sophomore and she's a softball player. And so, you know, with her, you know, I'm always telling her, you know, Hey, 
you know, shoot some emails out. And, and if you don't get a response, that's okay. You just need to be, I think it's always better to err on the proactive side of anything that, that any of us do really. When you, when you finally get recruits to campus and you kind of guys are starting out the fall and, and, you know, starting to, to get fall ball and everything in order. Um, what is like, what does your uh, practice look like? Like what's, what would be like a regular practice? Well, and typically in the fall we will do, we'll have individual, we start with individuals, which means you're going to have groups, smaller groups, you know, with position players, with the pitchers, you got to have those guys for a couple weeks of, of individuals. And, and I think it, it's a, the NCAA only allows us so many hours per week and with individuals, it's fewer hours. And so it actually kind of is nice for the players to ease them into the college transition and, and kind of what things are going to look like before we jump into full team practice and, and go that route. But that's where for us, we're going to start with trying to lay a foundation. The pitchers are going to do a lot of their arm care stuff and a lot of their conditioning stuff and and before they really ever throw a bullpen and then you know with the hitters it's it's kind of similar you know with the position players you're, you're going to try to get a lot of of that base built before you jump into you know live stuff and you know more of the the challenge type practice stuff I think the challenge type thing is is such a crucial I think baseball we're, we're really guilty of practicing differently than we play. And I think for years we would practice at a, a lot slower pace, a lot slower level, if you will, than the game was played at. And I think, so our philosophy is as we ease guys in and as we get through some of the individual work and and try to build a foundation with guys, you're also going to transition pretty quickly into, you know, Hey, we're going to challenge you. You're going to see, you know, I think the probably the toughest transition for a high school hitter to the college game is velocity and then off-speed stuff. The the velocity is, is heavier and the off-speed stuff is better. And so you better make sure that you're building that in with your guys and, and don't create you – know, we have such a long time before we actually could compete. You're going to go all fall, all winter before you actually compete. And, and that's not to say that your inner squads aren't good competition, but it's still different. And so you better teach guys, you better make sure that guys understand what that's going to look like. And so we're going to challenge guys. We're going to make sure maybe even say beat guys up a little bit, because that's what the game does. I mean, the game is going to, the game's hard. The game's going to beat you up. And if you don't, if you, if it's always just a false sense of security with the level that you're at or where you, the hitter are at, or where you, the pitcher at like, man, I I just don't know. You know, I don't know how valuable that is. And we all need feel good stuff. Like there are days where, you know, Hey, we're going to, it's just feel good BP. We want to get guys, you know, really feeling good and and really feeling positive, but there's going to be more days I think with us where we're going to really challenge guys. And it's a challenge day where you, you better come ready to be challenged. I think the, the better the athlete, right? The better the competitor is, the more he craves that, the more he wants that. Like, I don't know how many great athletes are guys that just want it easy all the time. They want to be challenged. And I think that's where, you know, we really try to build that in with our guys. K 
Can you can you teach that? Right. You talked about how like the the great athletes like want to be challenged. If you're a younger player or a freshman or sophomore, do you think that just happens over time or do you think they just kind of have it or they don't? I think there's a lot of it that that is kind of uh guys are are you know it's there, you know, it just it just is. It's it's part of them, but I do think it's all about the environment. It's all about the culture. We again we we spoke a little bit about this off the podcast, but if the culture is right, then if, for example, if we have a freshman who comes in and he's not a real hard worker and he doesn't know how to compete and he doesn't, you know, he, he really isn't accepting of those challenge days. Like I talked about, or, or however you want to phrase it, like that guy's going to get buried in a hurry. Like he's going to be an outcast with his teammates. Like he, and again, I don't mean this in a, in a real negative way. I just think it's, it's kind of survival of the fittest and it, and it's the world we live in. Like, if you're not ready to nine to five job, you know, an office job, but your mentality, your mindset's not right, man, you're not going to have that job very long. And I think that's where guys that come into our program, they may get shell shocked, you know, initially, and, and then it's up to them. It's like, okay, like you got one way or the other way that you can go. Like, are you going to step up and accept this challenge or are you going to kind of back off and, and wither and die, you know? And I think that's where, the culture and kind of the whole, just the, the feel of everything is going to determine for some guys, like some guys are going to be able to accept that challenge. And, and so I don't know if you would necessarily say it's something you can teach, but it is something that can be learned. I would say it more that way where guys just say, well, if I'm going to be a productive part of this, and if I'm going to be the best that I can be within this program, like, man, I got to step up and some guys can do that. And some guys can't. And I think that's, that's your separator. You know, that that's more your separator, which guys are willing and able to step up. And then, you know, the guys that aren't, and they're going to get pushed aside pretty quick. Oh, that's greatly put greatly put. So when this is kind of going on and you're setting up these, these different environments that are pretty challenging, would you say you're pretty hands-off as a coach and just letting kind of the environment kind of provide all the feedback for them? Or are you still constantly like uh, talking to the players and, and things like that? I think it's both. I think it's a combination. You're always trying to, at least with us, like you're always trying to be conscious of the guy that, you know, again, maybe it's that, that freshman who, who hasn't completely decided, you know, I'll say it that way. Like, he has, he, you know, he hasn't completely decided, you know, which, which way he's going to go. And, and I think those are the guys that you have to encourage, right? Those are the guys that, that you want to make sure, you know, you're having some, some good dialogue with and trying to encourage them to, to step up and, and continue to compete. And, you know, Hey, I think like this fall, going back to the fall, pulling two or three freshman guys, like together, pulling those guys in the office, like after practice and saying, Hey, you know, how do you think it's going? I think just, just taking guys temperature is such a, is such a valuable thing. And, and it also conveys to those guys that one, you're watching and, and two, like you care. Right. And I think that's the, that's the obligation that, that we all have, even, you know, for yourself, like at the professional level, really trying to, to foster, you know, those relationships and, and that growth. And I, and I don't think a guy can truly grow without those quality relationships. Right. And I, and I just think that's such a, that's such a crucial part of the whole deal. 
Yeah, that actually reminds me of uh, I was reading an article that you were in and, and one of the quotes was that you said was, if I leave baseball t- tomorrow, the game will go on. None of us are truly that important. It's not wrong to aspire to win and it's great to graduate players. But if that's the end goal, we're missing the point. I have served my purpose if I have made an impact on the players I come in contact with and have helped them grow as godly men. It's like when I read that, I was like, geez, like this, this guy gets it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate it. And that's a, that's a nice, I guess those are great words, but again, like our words are, you know, can be empty. And so I think we have to live it. That's the biggest thing is, is, um, don't just say it, but be it right. And live it and make sure that guys know that you're real. And I, I do think, you know, I was on a podcast last week and, and talked about this a little bit and I'll kind of reiterate, but players know, man, like they, they know who you are. Like we can't fake, we ain't fooling nobody, right? The, the guys, you know, you say, Hey, this guy says this and, and does this, like, who is he, you know, what, what do you got? And the players are going to tell you, the players know, like whether we care, whether we're invested, whether we are just full of hot air, right. They, they know. And so I just think authentic is such a, a huge piece of, of all this. Like we have guys and you talk about my faith is, is really important to me. And, uh, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the guy I, I want to encourage our guys that way, but I'm also not going to be the guy that that's quick to judge. You know, if we have a guy that, that isn't on board or, you know, he he's maybe it's a language, you know, his language is just awful. Right. And that's something that, you know, we all deal with as coaches, like, you know, this guy, and I'm sure at the higher levels, it, it's just, it's just part of, you know, kind of always been part of the game and to have those kind of conversations, but, you know, not to judge guys and not to be too quick to, to write guy off because, Hey man, you just don't fall in line with, you know, the way I think and the way I think things should be done. That's the guy that for me is fun to, you know, have those conversations with. And, and again, like not beat them over the head with it, but just try to get in there and try to have an impact and, and try to make an impact. But I think that is, it's definitely all of our jobs have to be about the person. Right. And, and that's, that's really what this whole thing is about. Like we, we all want to win, you know, we all want to develop, we all want to graduate guys, but at the end of the day, like make them better people. And all these guys are hopefully your, most of these guys are going to be, fathers and, and husbands or husbands and fathers. And that's where it's about the next generation. You know, how, how can I impact this guy so that this guy impacts, you know, somebody else? That's that's kind of what it boils down to for me. Yeah, I love that. It's like the domino effect. Completely, completely agree with, with everything you just said right there. And I can definitely tell, like, you, you don't just say it, but you actually live it. If, if you're recruiting me, Right. And we're like, we're kind of going over like what the plan would be from a, a player development standpoint, because let's face it, so many kids who are, you know, potential recruits out there, like, they want to play in the big leagues one day. Like they want to continue to develop and get better. Like, what would you tell someone like myself or, or someone else being recruited, like the player development plan for you when you come in? So let me ask you this. Are, are we talking more or, or either like, are you a, are you a position guy? Are you a pitcher? Uh, yeah, I don't um, care. Doesn't matter. Let's go position. Doesn't right. matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with today's player, you definitely have to touch on and talk about the technology side. And we, again, we, t- we touched on this a little bit off, off air, but you know, whether it's TrackMan, Rapsodo, the blast, whether it's a KVET, you know, whatever it is that you utilize or that are like synergy, synergy is a big one. Right. And, and, 
that is a really, it's a great system. Like you can really get a lot out of that from a scouting standpoint. You can get a lot out of that from a, you know, working with own guys and, and development standpoint. But I think just giving them a kind of an overview of what your system looks like as far as the technology piece and then, you know, how it's going to work as far as the daily kind of, okay, here's how it would work. If, if there are struggles, here's how we're going to attack that. I just think, you know, again, this kind of goes back to what I said earlier, and I'm kind of dancing around this because I'm trying to give you a real answer. I think just being real with them, like making sure that they know, hey, we're going to spend time with you. We're going to care about you. And I think that's where college baseball has started to kind of go down a really kind of tough, dark path a little bit of recruiting and over-signing guys. And at that point, it becomes very impersonal. And I just think that's the biggest thing that, that we try to convey to, to our recruits is, hey, man, this is going to be a personal thing. The story that I, or the analogy I always use is we've all taken classes in school at some point, and you take the class where there's two different approaches. One, the first approach, you walk into the classroom and the teacher gives you all the material and says, hey, I'll see you in two weeks. We've got a test in two weeks. Be ready. And that's it, right? And then the other approach is you walk into the classroom and the teacher says, hey, Sam, we're not just, I'm not just going to give you the material and turn you loose. I'm going to sit here with you and we're going to learn this together and we're going to be in this together and we're going to invest together. And in two weeks, like you're going to walk in and you're not even going to know that we're having a test, but I'm going to put the test in front of you and you're going to be excited because you're, you're so prepared and you're so ready to take that. And I think that's kind of the mentality. And even using that analogy with guys in the recruiting process is like, Hey, listen, like which one would you prefer? And I think, you know, again, 99 out of a hundred of us would say, I want the dynamic where somebody's going to be hand in hand, side by side investing in me and, and with me every day. And I think that's who we, that's who we really try to be. And again, sometimes it's not possible to, to carry that out on a daily basis or, or an hourly basis. But for the most part, we, we really take a lot of pride in that personal touch. You know, if somebody said, what was different about Heartland Community College? What is different about Wright State? I would hope that they would agree if I, if my answer was, we just really try to invest in the person and the personal touch aspect of it. I would hope that they they could agree with that statement. That was so so awesome to hear hear you say that and talk about the, the recruiting aspect in terms of not over recruiting. And on my way back uh, from spring training, because we had to obviously everyone had to go back home. I, I stopped in South Carolina to see some family, and uh, one of the this kid's dad was talking to me about his son, who's not even in baseball but in football, and he's a pretty He's committed to go to Michigan State football now, but during the recruiting process, there was a, a particular school who he said he just he had so much respect for the um, guy who was recruiting him because he was just honest. He was like, "Look, like we want you here, but like right now we're not, we don't have a spot for you." Versus so many other schools would just throw you an offer and in the back of their mind be like, "Well, if we if the spot doesn't open up or whatnot at the last second, we'll just kind of throw him to the wolves." So it definitely appreciate what he was saying and definitely what you're saying too, because it's, it definitely bothers me to, to kind of hear horror stories about that. Well, and I think that's what, even back when coach Mercer 
the first couple of years of my tenure here at Wright State, you know, Mercer would say that to guys like we've won a lot of games and, and had some success, but it's more about the fact that, that we've done it quote unquote the right way. And that's, you know, really what we take a lot of pride in. And I think that that is, you know, that is something that, that we should all take pride in is, is kind of doing it that way. And, and at the same time, like I, I get it, like at the, at the power five level, it's more cutthroat. It's more cutthroat than it is for us. But at the same time, it's people. Like if you're going to over recruit and essentially cut guys loose off of or out of your program, that you know you, you're still dealing with people. And I think that's where trying to maintain that as much as as we all can, you know, should be part of the obligation. For sure, Nate. This has been a uh, it's been awesome, and I've, I've had a blast. I'm so happy we've been able to connect and have uh, kind of uh, watched the success of Wright State from afar and. Um, just really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you kind of you would like to add to anyone out there who's listening? No, I appreciate you having me on, and and always great to you know with a little downtime. I think we're all a little bit uh, you know miss, definitely down and and missing the game a little bit, but but it's always good to connect with another baseball guy and and throw things around and talk shop, man. Awesome, thanks, Nate. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. Make sure to go subscribe on iTunes so you can stay up to date on the latest trends and techniques being taught in player development. Until next week, hope everyone stays safe.